well known to the Australian public for her regular appearances on TV's MasterChef, internationally acclaimed pastry and dessert chef Christy Tanya built her culinary reputation as head chef of Omnom Kitchen and Dessert Bar at Melbourne's Adolphi Hotel. Christy has since opened her own artisanal frozen dessert shop Glace in Windsor, Melbourne and is planning to expand the business into other venues. Change your plan, change your strategy, rest if you must, but never change your goal and never stop striving for it, is how Christy describes her philosophy. It's this can-do mindset that's taken her from her original career choice of business management at IBM in Singapore and into the field in which she now excels today. I was working with IBM's Global Business Services Management Team and at the age of 23 I'd become the youngest female project manager in Southeast Asia, Christy recalls. I was comfortable with my job, but deep down I always knew I wanted to do something different. I just didn't know what. As a sideline, I'd started my own business, making bespoke cakes. And as that business grew, the volume was such that it was earning me more money than my work at IBM. Chrissy was being groomed to become an associate partner when one of her IBM mentors suggested that she was at a crossroads. It was time to make a decision about whether to continue on her original path or strike out on her own as an entrepreneur. At the same time, an unexpected marriage proposal pushed her to make a decision about her future. I realised I could get married, go back to the office and work in Singapore all my life. But I thought I owed myself the chance to see how far I could go on my own, she explains. I rationalised the choice by telling myself that if I failed, I could simply go back to IBM. So I decided to take six months to see where I could go. I packed my bags and went to France to take an advanced French pastry diploma at the Ducasse Institute École Nationale Supérieure de la Patisserie. What happened was that um, I wanted to work at Fritz Hotel. From the beginning, I already told myself, like, uh, you want to learn something, you take it from the best. And it's when you want to learn it from the best, you're going to get a lot of rejections. So they said that they're going to... Um, interview me five times in French. So I took, I remember my chef at work, at, at, at school basically told me like, oh Christy, you need to go to Paris, which is a five hours train ride. You need to go to Paris, you need to do an interview, but it's in French, I'm sorry, you have to do it yourself. So I took a train to France, to Paris, uh, sorry, to, to, to Paris from my little town in saint and I hold up in this little motel and I remember I had my big um, laptop at that time and I was Google translating every possible questions and I was Google translating every possible answer and I was memorizing it. I mean like I was in business. I know exactly what they're going to ask me. Why do you want to be a chef? Why do you want to work here? Where do you see yourself in five years time? How can you contribute to the place? You know, like if you get this position, what do you think you're going to do? You know, like I know that question. So. I Google translate every possible answer, memorize it, and the day after I was like a broken record. I just repeat this, ah, I understand what you're saying based on what I studied, this is my answer. So five interviews later, <laughs> um, I got in and, and the reactions of the, fa uh, the, the face of the chef when they realized that, well this girl can't even actually speak French, it was priceless. <laughs> Is basically I was I duped them to believing that I could learn French, but I learned French in the kitchen. 
Having secured a stage at the Ritz in Paris, Christy soon became a commie. I worked with all these amazing pastry chefs, and that made me realise how much I had to learn. So I made the decision to hang in there, and the more I stayed and the more I did, the more humility I felt about what I knew, and that kept pushing me to go further. With the rich closing for renovations in 2012, Christie's partner, an Australian travelling through France on a holiday visa, suggested she return with him to our shores. In my head, Melbourne sounded like a little Paris, so I decided to come, Christie says. I had emailed Voudemont about work before leaving, and the third day I was here I got the job. Then I joined Jacques Ramon for a while, and at the same time Sean Preston asked me to help open Sake. I'd been working 17 to 18 hours a day and Sake promised me 57 hours a week, which for me was a dream. Christy spent a year at Sake as chef de party before being offered the position of sous chef, which she declined, as it would have entailed moving into the savoury sphere and she felt there was still so much more to explore in the world of desserts. Fate then stepped in with a dream offer for her to open up the Omnom Dessert Bar at the Adelphi Hotel. The entire menu offering was desserts when we opened, so I was naturally very excited, she says. We were the first in Australia to do it. People were used to spending $12 to $15 tops for desserts, but ours cost $23 or $28, and we were still fully booked. It was a challenge to change the public mindset, to convince people they could have a small savoury and save their stomachs for the big impressive dessert. I knew if we could pull this off, then I would make my mark in the Australian culinary world. Christy stayed with Omnum until 2016, when she received an offer to join the Langham Hotel as executive pastry chef. After a short stint there, she moved to open up her own business, the Glacé Artisanal Frozen Dessert Shop. We've been open for more than a year and have built up a strong profile, she says, so we're planning for a second outlet to open next March. The Melbourne inner city location's already been chosen, but she's reluctant to reveal it just yet. In the meantime, business was going gangbusters. She says, when you start up, you need a mission and vision. And although this is my corporate self coming through, it's a must for every single thing you undertake. I've set myself targets from now till 2020, and I'm currently looking towards 2021. I believe in organic growth for the business, because we all know what happens to a lot of shops that grow too big, too fast. With this distinctive yellow interior and industrial-style decor, Glacé's look deliberately evokes the Beatles' yellow submarine. I read somewhere that yellow makes you hungry, and my dad's a massive Beatles fan, so to me it was trying to combine those influences into a retro-industrial look, with pipes and portholes and even life jackets and life boys, and that's going to be the look for every outlet. Asked to describe Glacé's menu, Christy says we've concentrated on starting small and then expanding as we go. So we started off with ice cream cakes, and since then we've added a variety of large gato and cakes, then high tea, breakfast and coffee. Glacé's mobile store, unsurprisingly themed as a yellow submarine, is a familiar sight in catered events, and in store the business now offers everything under the sweet sun. We make everything with all-natural, premium ingredients, Christy says. So our target market is people who are conscious of what they're eating and who appreciate the effort and the hard work that's been put into what we do. There are so many things that people told us that, oh, you can't do this with chocolate, you can't do this with sugar, you can't do this with eggs, and, and we keep pushing it. We keep pushing it with the um, 
I guess back then the molecular gastronomy is not really there yet. When you're talking about, for example, when you're talking about hydrocolloid, when you're talking about saddening agent, you just only had back then gelatin or yolks as you know as a thickener or starch. And nowadays we move into a little bit more modern. You know, you have like xanthan gum, you have methyl cellulose, you know, you have. Um, iota you have a different part of carrageenan which is from seaweed so this kind of thing i found it that i'm still learning how things work how the chemical works basically between one ingredient to another i continue study that and then but implementing it on the older technique the older generations having built a high profile in the culinary scene christy's now been asked to participate in the 2019 proud to be a chef program as a mentor a role she's excited about undertaking early next year. Looking back on her journey, she's uncertain about when she felt she'd arrived as a chef. It's an ongoing thing, she says. Basically, I've always had a battle with myself. When you're climbing to reach a peak, you always have the option to go back down. But you keep going because you want to see what's up there. When I got to the head chef position and managed to do my own thing, I felt comfortable about the title but there's still a learning curve. I sometimes ask myself, if you weren't a pastry chef, what would you be doing? But then I say, look, I would always be a pastry chef because I've come too far to turn back. You climb and climb and eventually you reach a position where it's easier to look up than to think of going down. I don't want to be remembered as a celebrity chef at the end of the day. You know, I'm doing this mentorship. I'm doing all of this all of I could to give back to the industry because I want to be remembered as a chef who changed the dynamic of Australian culinary culture in in pastry in dessert. I want to be one of the um, one of the women, one of the female chef that pioneered this movement to um, bring to modernize Australian pastry.